98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. The chief executive, John Lee, says the proposed COVID health code system will not be used for any other purpose. A prominent virologist warns the current COVID infection wave here hasn't peaked. And President Biden introduces the first images to be shown publicly from the James Webb telescope. The chief executive, John Lee, says the proposed health code system will not be used for any other purpose other than identifying COVID patients and inbound travellers who have to undergo health monitoring. Speaking ahead of the weekly EXCO meeting, Mr Lee said he would make sure officials explained the policy well to avoid any misunderstanding. But of course we will listen to views and we will also try to reduce the inconvenience to people and also we'll make sure that we'll well explain the scope and the method so that people understand why we do it, what benefits they gain and uh, what are the concerns that they do not have to uh, really bother because there may be some misinformation which we we need to address uh, very quickly so that everybody knows what we are doing. The CE said he will in due course make a new round of appointments for the expert panel advising the government on COVID strategy. He did not give a time frame, but said officials will continue to listen to experts' views and look at scientific data before making any decisions relating to anti-epidemic work. A prominent virologist has warned of threats on the horizon, saying the current COVID infection wave hasn't peaked. Professor Malik Peris from the University of Hong Kong said he welcomed plans to introduce electronic wristbands for COVID patients isolating at home, saying such technological approaches could possibly be used in future if home quarantine were to replace hotel quarantine for inbound travellers. He was speaking on RTHK's Hong Kong Today programme. The use of uh, some of these technological approaches, I think, is uh, that makes sense in order to strengthen the home quarantine, home isolation measures, and presumably maybe extended uh, also to, to returning travellers in due course. Professor Peris said the highly transmissible Omicron BA5 variant is circulating here and has led to increased hospitalizations overseas. Uh, I think it is important for us to, um, to, to continue to be wary of the um, increase in numbers of cases, particularly because we also have BA.5 now within Hong Kong. And if you look in many parts of the world, uh, BA.5 uh, is, uh, is increasing rapidly and also leading to uh, somewhat of an increase in hospitalizations globally. Speaking on RTHK's Money Talk programme, the chairman of the Lang Kwai Fong Group, Alan Zeman, praised Hong Kong's new health minister, but he said quarantine should be looked at. New health minister, uh, uh, Lo Chung Mao, it's a very, very, very well-respected doctor in the world, the first liver transplant doctor. Mm. Uh, and uh, he has a very, uh, I've worked with him for, I sat on board a sanitarium hospital with him for four years, and uh, he's actually very, very bright. And I, I do believe that uh, the way forward, uh, the number one thing for Hong Kong to get back because uh, we've really lost a lot of our reputation abroad at the moment. We've got to win that back. We've got to uh, look at the quarantine. Uh, uh, the, we've got to open the international quarantine as quickly as we can to start to get uh, uh, people coming back again. You know, we've had no, virtually no tourism uh, for, for almost uh, four years now. And, uh, and then opening the border with China as well. And, and there's just their work. I know the government's working on that at the moment, and hopefully we should... Here's some good results uh, talking about 
hopefully uh, more uh, home, home uh, quarantine rather than uh, hotel quarantine, maybe uh, three plus uh, four. Three days at home and, and uh, three days in a hotel and four days at home, mm-hmm. uh, or five and two. Uh, we've, we've got to loosen up. We've got to start to open up. Omicron uh, is in the fifth wave and it is increasing, but we can see the, in, the infection is not as as as, as severe as, as as Delta was. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's you know they they're and now talking about the new quarantine um, restrictions regarding uh, changing and leave home staff. The home safe app now to uh, going with uh, this color coded system of, of mm. uh, red. And, yeah. and what do you make of that from a business perspective? The, these three proposals, real name, registration, wristbands, the three color health code. Um, do you support that as a, as a businessman and from a business uh, perspective? You know, if, if we can't if we can't open uh, with you know as as other places in the world have opened now with uh, just living with it. And, and having these uh, restrictions, uh, we are part of China, and that is the uh, we're not following 100%. We are one country, two systems. But uh, I think that uh, um, I, I do support. Let's just move on with it. I, I think that uh, we we as long as we can get the international board open, if we can drop uh, the the three day the uh, quarantine to three days in a hotel, mm. or, and, and eventually and then or. Six or seven days of home quarantine, or even five days home quarantine. We're now moving to PCR tests, which are much more accurate than rat than, than uh, the rat tests. And so, I think that uh, with that, that will give the government confidence and the health department confidence to uh, get this under control. Researchers at the Chinese University have called on all recovered coronavirus patients to take part in the SAR's first citywide study on long COVID. The team hopes the research can can better understand the condition and provide scientific data to formulate future healthcare policies. Participants are also encouraged to take part in a subsequent study on how gut microorganisms impact long COVID symptoms. Professor Ng Xiu-Qian is part of the research team. The scientific community is trying to find out why someone who had COVID-19 can recover completely, while others, that 76%, have these persistent symptoms that could last for months or even over years that affect multiple systems. I think at the moment, there are a lot of theories that may be virus remaining in the gut. They have increased in the bad bacteria that are the ones that can cause some of these symptoms. And they also have reduction in the beneficial bacteria that may help them defend or build an immune system. The Executive Council has approved a merger of bus routes between City Bus and New World First Bus, which will come into effect from July next year. The government said the merger would facilitate continuous improvement and rationalisation of the franchised bus network on Hong Kong Island and enable the bus company to deploy its resources more flexibly for for enhancing existing services or introducing new services that keep up with the times for the benefit of passengers. After the merger, the government said the relevant service rationalisation proposals will be implemented progressively and the merger will not come with any changes or fares for all existing routes. President Biden has introduced the first images to be shown publicly from the James Webb Telescope, the largest and most powerful ever launched into space. The telescope's infrared capability allows it to peer through cosmic clouds and dust to detect light from the earliest stars. It's a new window into the history of our universe. 
And today we're going to get a glimpse of the first light to shine through that window. Light from other worlds, orbiting stars far beyond our own. Light where stars were born and from where they die. Light from the oldest galaxies, the oldest documented light in the history of the universe from over 13 billion years ago. Britain's governing Conservative Party has set out the rules and timetable for the contest to replace Boris Johnson as both the party leader and the country's prime minister. In order to enter the race, each of the 11 candidates will have to be nominated by 20 Conservative lawmakers. Here's our UK correspondent, Gavin Gray. They're trying to simplify the process, but more than that, they're trying to speed it up because at the moment there are 11 leadership candidates, but here we are just quarter to midnight on Monday, and basically the, uh, the whole process is open to other candidates joining in uh, in the next 24-hour period. So they have to uh, uh, submit their, uh, their candidacy um, by the close of play on Tuesday in UK time. So that could mean there are actually more than 11. It is rumoured that possibly 12 or 13 might be the finishing number. Sixty years after it was first heard, the James Bond theme tune remains one of cinema's most recognisable pieces of music. It still accompanies the world's best-known spy when he appears on the big screen. The man who wrote that theme tune, Monty Norman, has died at the age of 94. As the BBC's Vincent Dowd reports, he was originally a singer. Monty Norman's writing career began in the brash world of 50s British musicals. I never had it so good since the day I was born. In his 20s, Monty Norman worked as a band singer. In 1961, he wrote a stage musical called Bell. One of the backers was film producer Cubby Broccoli, who, though the show flopped, introduced him to his producing partner, Harry Saltzman. He said the two of us are going to do Ian Fleming's James Bond novels as films and we'd like you to do the score of the first one. Dr No and its successors were huge hits. Nothing else he wrote ever had the same success. But in the Bond theme, Monty Norman originated one of the classics of film music. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,866. That's 258 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $68 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 137.30 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 31 cents. To sports and the four-time Olympic gold medalist Mo Farah has revealed that he was illegally trafficked to the UK as a child and was forced to work as a domestic servant. In a BBC documentary, Farah says his mother and two brothers are, still live in Somaliland and he was brought into the UK from Djibouti when he was eight or nine years old. Most people know me as Mo Farah, but it's not As Hussein Abdi Kahin. Despite what I've said in the past, my parents never lived in the UK. When I was four, my dad was killed in a civil war. You know, as a family, we were torn apart. I was separated from my mother, and I was brought into the UK illegally. 
under the name of another child called Mohammed Farah. Farah says he wants to tell his story now to challenge public perceptions of trafficking and slavery. Next to football, the host nation, England, are the first team to secure a quarterfinal place in the Women's European Championship. That's after a record 8-0 victory over Norway. More details from the BBC's Vicky Sparks. A record win at a Women's Euros by any side and England was simply exquisite. Beth Mead netted a hat-trick, while Ellen White's brace moved her to within one goal of Wayne Rooney's all-time England scoring record. Stanway, Hemp and substitute Russo were also on target, as Norway, one of the dark horses for the tournament, simply capitulated. A statement win, a warning to the other favourites. The Lionesses are very much in the hunt for their first major trophy this summer. In the same group, Austria beat Northern Ireland 2-0. The Manchester United manager, Eric Ten Hag, says Cristiano Ronaldo is not for sale and the player remains in the club's plans. United are in a pre-season tour in Thailand where Ten Hag has been fielding questions about Ronaldo's absence. I have read, but um, what I say, Cristiano is not for sale. Cristiano is in our plans and we want to get success together. We are planning with Cristiano Ronaldo for this season, so... Um, that's it and I'm looking forward to work with him so uh, he's not with us and that is due to uh, personal issues Riders at Cycling's Tour de France are resting for a second time in the three-week race before resuming in the Alps Slovenia's Tade Pogacar remains in the overall leader's yellow jersey the BBC's Matt Warwick reports It appears most riders and staff have survived the second day of Covid testing following the departure of French favourite Guillaume Martin the previous day. Fans could do without losing any more with no French stage winners so far. Who knows who'll produce the peloton splitting antics on stage 11's climb to Megève, but you wouldn't bet against leader Tadej Pogacar and green jersey wearer Wout van Aert. Both have transformed expectations on how the tour is raced, with cautious protection from domestiques replaced by all-out attacks on a daily basis. The pair were expected to lead their competitions, but how they have gone about it is what's truly infectious about this year's race. Now the weather, fine, very hot this afternoon, light to moderate east to southeasterly winds. The outlook, mainly fine and persistently very hot in the next few days. A few showers in the latter part of this week. The temperature is 33 degrees, humidity 60%. To end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive John Lee says the proposed COVID health code system will not be used for any other purpose. A prominent virologist warns the current COVID infection wave here hasn't peaked. And President Biden introduces the first images to be shown publicly from the James Webb Telescope. The news from RTHK.
Welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the twelfth of July, is today's date. Many thanks, big thanks to Phil. Welcome back to Phil. Thank you very much for the morning brew this afternoon. We've got a busy program uh, for your listening pleasure. To start the show, we're going to be chatting with Dana Winograd, the director of operations and co-founder of Plastic Free Seas, and we'll be chatting about Plastic Free July. Stay tuned for that, and I hope you can also message us on Facebook if you've got some 